You are listening to the Simply 127 podcast, an entire podcast devoted to all things James 127. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Fintress, and I'm so excited that you've decided to join us today. Today, I'm talking with my good friend, Rick Morton. He's the Vice President for Engagement at Lifeline Christian Services. He's written a few books, including Orphanology and No Orphans. In the first half of this episode, we'll hear Rick's personal testimony of adoption and his family and ministry. And in the second, we'll discuss the importance of having mentors in your justice journey and how Lifeline advances the gospel through orphan care. Rick, tell us about yourself and what you do at Lifeline. You know, kind of our story and our orientation of this is um, was a was a pastor was a seminary professor. Um, world of justice and orphans and adoption and all that sort of stuff was about as far as it could possibly be away. And uh, the Lord really kind of reordered our home and you know kind of brought the idea of adoption to my wife. And I was rebellious and selfish and said no. And and she um, she was not playing fair and she prayed like the persistent widow and uh and i know what spurgeon's talking about when he talks about being pursued by the hounds of heaven and so like um but but then you know kind of was driven into the scriptures and and realized like this is this is a general call to all of us Uh, orphan care is not optional and and so the the long view of that in in our lives and our family it started out um, just kind of trying to bloom where we were planted and and was um, you know in our own family first an adoption um, then you know really like using speaking opportunities and and using service in the local church to begin to use that as a platform and to po- to point people you know to this and to help people know like this is not leading away from the gospel it's leading to the gospel like we're like we're putting the gospel on display and doing this and so like we're not becoming less we're becoming more um and then you know then eventually um like reaching a, a place where you know the side gig kind of became the the primary thing and, and just realizing that the opportunities because of uh, you know just some some things that got orchestrated through orphanology and a lot of other things to have more and more opportunities to speak to churches and to speak to organizations and to talk about how to do orphan care particularly um, for gospel ends and for gospel purposes with the local church. Can you tell us a little bit about your family's ministry and journey with adoption? We, um, like, you know, like a lot of other couples, um, just kind of expected that, you know, kids were going to be part of the equation and that was going to be easy. And then it wasn't easy. And we walked, uh, walked a journey for a lot of years with, um, with some health issues and some things that, um, that, you know, that we, we began to realize along the way that, that the, the probability, um, you know, of, of us conceiving biologically was, you know, was remote at best. Um, and, and so through that, um, you know, God began to, you know, just and really began to stir in her, her heart a whole lot long, you know, longer before in mine and said, and I, you know, I just remember in the midst of that, we were, you know, we were still, and we were still trying and we were still, you know, and, and just her coming home one day and saying, you know, I've like, I've really been praying about this and I, I, like, I really think we should adopt. Um, and I said, no, 
like not even like dismissively no. And um, you prayed about it hard before then. <laughs> absolutely. Like, in, no, not at all. I didn't pray about it any. I just like I'd seen Dateline. So I didn't mm-hmm. like I knew what could go wrong and how bad this could be. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so um, and, and, and so then like she didn't play fair. She prayed, <laughs> you know, and I like, how dare you? Like, I no, like you need to like nag and like <laughs> do stuff that I could ignore. Um, like, don't sick the Holy Spirit on me. And so that was, and that really, I mean, that was kind of the, you know, that journey of that part of life. And I, and I mean, you know, you know, we're friends and, and like, I'm mm-hmm. a nerd. And so there's a point where in, in just in that, in that discontent and that, that lack of, of, you know, peace that God was stirring up in my heart. I mean, I went to the Word and 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 just began to, you know, to process through, like, why should we do this? And sure, I knew there was there was stuff about orphans in the Bible. Like, I, you know, like I'm a seminary professor. I, you know, I know a little bit about this kind of stuff. But, but really, like a lot of people probably, you know, thought like it was it was example and and really kind of thought it was optional. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good for somebody, but surely it's not good for me. And then just really, you know, the Lord was just very patient and in, in, in bringing some things to light um, in, in, in me seeing my own selfishness in the middle of a lot of what I was struggling with. Um, and, 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 and also, you know, very much like diving into the adoption narratives in scripture and, you know, and what Paul says about adoption and, and, you know, and even some of the, you know, kind of, kind of Old Testament examples and those kinds of things and realizing that, that the questions that I had about the process and the questions I had about delving in um, to adoption, that God had none of those questions about me. Hmm. And, and that, and that I was every bit of a mess and I was costly and I was, you know, like all of this stuff and the things that I was scared of, um, like God had not been frightened about me or about us and that. And, and so, so like that little nugget's been built on incredibly, you know, over the years, but that was enough to say, okay, like we're going to, like, we're going to step forward and we're going to, you know, we're going to move and we're going to do this. And then, you know, it was, um, adoptions and you know an adoption and then the the you know moving toward another and then just god continuing to to bring to to build more of a theology um before he was building our biography and and i think um you know and and then like the lord just blessed us to be in a place and i mean you know you know the story and uh you know our mutual friend tony you know that that God bless us to be together in a church where the church really started to get it um, with regard to orphan care and, and justice and mercy ministry and all those things came together and, you know, and, and things that, that the Lord had been teaching us for a while. Um, he privileged us to be able to teach to a group of people, you know, to a church, and we saw people start doing it. And... Um, you know, and I and I tell people all the time in this, you know, that it, it's it, it's a bit funny to me to be in a situation. I guess it's okay to say, like we're at, we're at CAFO yeah. at the you know at the Christian Alliance for Orphans Summit, and and so to be in this place and for people to you know kind of look at me or whatever and say like you're like you're a leader in this orphan care movement or whatever or something like no like I'm a guy with a Bible like that's it like it's just like it's not the, like 
as, as far as competencies go and that kind of kind of thing there like there are a million people in the world that are that are more well positioned to do this that than than i am i think you know what um what i have is a bible and a story and a passion and you know the lord's been really gracious to us to allow us to be able to share that so so what does your family look like today yeah so we have so we have three kids all all adopted from ukraine um we kind of do we like our whole story our social workers at lifeline don't want me to tell because they go like other families will think they can do that so don't (laughs) don't tell your story but we uh we started we adopted an 18 month old little boy um who is now uh 16 we adopted a 17 year old uh, i mean a seven year old little boy who is now uh, 17 and then our daughter uh, we adopted at 14 she's now 23 um, and uh, about 18 months ago she met his grandparents and so that wasn't a very happy experience in your life no it's it's awful (laughs) like like i listen i i told i told some folks this morning i'm like like grandparenthood is is the payoff for adoptive parents so like all the garbage just hang on all the garbage that we you know like we've lived through that well guess what like we get our granddaughter and and she is the she's the double bonus so yeah it's awesome and then how did your what was god was doing personally jump into a career trajectory for you yeah so um you know it was kind of it was kind of like um once really especially once we wrote orphanology and and just um the, the you know the doors that continue to open and in in people uh, you know giving an opportunity for for me to speak into um like the church getting involved in orphan care the church doing this for gospel reasons and so mm-hmm. um and you know but that was kind of like the side gig right like so 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 all week i'm either you know serving at the seminary or or you know serving at um you know in a local church as a pastor and then um like weirdly finding my way a lot of weekends to go be in somebody else's church to go talk about you know talk about orphan care and and how we should be doing that you know to the glory of god and um and it kind of got to be a bit overwhelming, to be honest with you, because it was it was like you know perpetual motion. And you have never two stopping. jobs, <laughs> right? Right. And and so then, um, so Denise and I really started to pray, really began to sense that the Lord was going to open a door for us to do something outside of, um, you know, outside of the local church, but to come alongside the local church. And so we we really started out praying and kind of thought that maybe we were going to do something on our own. And that, you know, that maybe this was going to be, you know, kind of something that, that the Lord was going to, you know, put in our path to, to birth. Um, kind of along the way, um, just began a, a conversation with, with one of my dearest friends, Herbie Newell, and uh, at Lifeline. And we had, you know, deep abiding respect for Lifeline, loved their, you know, heart for the local church, and, and had been like a Raven fan from far away for a long time and 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 just you know god kind of opened the door and so there was a you know like i distinctly remember there was a phone conversation where it was like you know have you ever thought about doing this i'm like well yeah that's kind of about all i've prayed about and thought about for for about six months so maybe we should talk and and over the period of about a year we you know we kind of moved into that role and and uh and now are you know, just kind of head and ears in and still feel like I'm working two jobs, but at least it's like in one direction because <laughs> there's a lot going on. Yeah. Good. Thanks so much for sharing your story with us. Now that we've learned about Rick's personal journey with adoption, let's talk about why mentors are important in our justice journeys and how Lifeline cares for orphans. Um, I This is a 
I guess they're all off the top, off the cuff questions, but <laughs> um, I know just um, you pouring into me as as leader, as a leader, a few years behind you in this orphan care realm. I would love for you just to kind of speak into, like I know you're a busy guy, I'm a busy gal, but us making the time to do that and just the importance of mentoring in this field. I think it's kind of a lack, uh, yeah. an area where there's a lot of room for improvement. <laughs> totally, like I, I, you know, I'm just. <laughs> The, the reality is, and, and I, I think this came this came to me a, a number of years ago. Um, Gordon McDonald, you know, kind of has these five categories of people, um, and and he talks about you know the idea of like of of very resourceful people, um, very important people, and and um, I can't think of what the third one is, but but it's V, it's like E. So, um, but <laughs> we'll but, put it in the show notes. <laughs> but the but the big deal is like like what he says is is that like we spend most of our time with people that don't share our passion, that don't really do a whole lot to advance the mission, and and don't really do much to position us well in the kingdom to pursue a mission, and that that we spend probably eighty percent of our time with those kinds of people instead of the three kind of people that that I'm talking about. And basically, he's saying you need to have a Paul, you need to have a Timothy, and you need to have some people that share your passion that are right about at the same place you are to have community with. That's good. And and so. So, uh, like you know that so that's kind of been a thing and and uh, and and so I want to have somebody who's a little farther down the road than I am mm-hmm. who's you know somebody that I can that I can be resourced by and encouraged by and challenged by and held accountable by and all those kinds of things and 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 then like the way this thing is supposed to work is if if I want somebody to do that for me I need to be ready to do it for somebody else and 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 the truth is like you learn in the middle of all this that that those those Timothys that you're investing in like they invest as much in you as you invest in them and and it like it's not um, but like our conversations and and it's not like it's hard like we you know say like let's 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 do a half hour on the phone you know once a month and just kind of check in how are you what you know what do you need and and like what are some what are some questions that are you know that are popping up and those kinds of things and i think we um you know my um as a kind of a historical historical example alan jackson that was at new orleans seminary was that guy for me Coming to tear up on the podcast. I have to text Alan and tell like, him to listen to this one. Ridiculous, <laughs> but yeah, but but like, um, like like when I was wet behind the ears and nobody should have paid attention to anything I said. <laughs> um, he he saw potential. He treated me with dignity and respect. Mm-hmm. He treated me like an equal, and I didn't deserve to be. Mm-hmm. Just to be really honest with you, and. Um, and and so and so for me it it's it's been a sense of going like like i get it that like seeing you know younger people that are coming behind you that are going to do great things and god's going to use them well like what a privilege it is mm-hmm. to get to be part of that journey yeah um and so because of being thankful for people like that i want to do that for somebody else and i know like like you're doing that for people mm-hmm. and 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 like you're going to you're going to do that for people because um like that's that's who you are but we're also like part of the same family tree like we believe in the same stuff and yeah. and and prioritize that and i think if like if we thought of discipleship in those terms as opposed to thinking of it as classes that you take and you know books that you read and things that you do man yeah. like how much different would, love it. would the kingdom look <laughs> right 
I love it. I've seen a few more gray hairs, and I'll be, I'll be ready to pass them on. <laughs> Just do, be- do a better job at covering them up than I do. That's that's I, probably the that's probably I the pay better good thing. money there for that. Go. So, you know. um, I, I love Alan and Judy. What about in the orphan care field? Who are some people that have been that kind of mentor for you? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like a lot of people. I, I mean, I can point to. Um, you know, people like David and Jane Schooler and, and, you know, Jane and her work in trauma-informed care and like how that impacts the church and how it impacts the kingdom and kind of reconciling that to the scriptures is huge. I mean, you know, like a Karen Purvis, you know, like, I mean, you know, the Lord used her so magnificently in, you know, in a lot of our lives. I I think, um, you know, people people that are peers as well. It's not just the mentor kind of people. It's the it's the peer sort of people. So I, you know, and and it's 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 people in different seasons. Like I, I mean, I think, um, you know, like I, like I look at Chris Marlowe and I go like like there was like there was a season when when Chris was saying some things about what's wrong and and maybe what's broken in 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 our context in the church doing orphan care that it was just the right time for me to hear those things and it was incredibly instructive and like has borne a lot of fruit i think in in the way that i look at this i look at you know weirdly i mean uh, like herbie you know like he the the fact is that here and here's an example of a younger guy who um you know who's who's a dear friend but but in but is but is longer and more years into orphan care and and into the to the leading of a ministry than I am, and so looking to him and saying like you know what's God taught you and and learning from that, it, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, kind of going along those same lines. This is a broad question, so take it where you want. But we're at KFO, two thousand people, passionate about the same things we are. What would you say to someone who's in year one of their what I call their justice journey, like some things that you've learned along the way, um, some in, a word of encouragement to someone who's just yeah. getting started. One, don't quit. <laughs> You're going to want to. Because it's hard. <laughs> like, right, it, it is. It's hard. And I, and, I think, and I think we're conditioned, particularly as American Christians, to, to look at things that are hard and think that things are hard or, or bad. Mm-hmm. And, and this is messy and it's hard and, and like – it just is, and and so so don't quit. Um, pray more, <laughs> for like, sure. <laughs> like what, like seriously, like I, I think we by by the nature, I think most of us that are doing this, we're kind of doers. We're sort of little type A, so mm-hmm. we see stuff and then we want to do stuff. Like we see problems, we want to fix them. That's our and 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 like I think pray more, build, bring more people around you that are praying. Mm-hmm. Like remember where the true power comes from. Um, and it's not you no it's not (laughs) love the local church don't like don't get frustrated with the local church to the point to say like we're going to go do this another way Mm -hmm. like do it do it through the church because that's that's god's design for this Mm -hmm. um and, and I think, like, like I hear, I hear a lot of people that say in local church settings, particularly, like the hardest part of this is like my pastor doesn't get it. And my question always is like, how much are you, how much are you praying for your pastor? Like, are you, are you, like, are you on your face before God? Have you got a community of people that are doing that? Are you like, like, if you want to, like, if you want to live, like subversive kingdom style in this don't be giving your pastor videos and pictures of kids and taking them on mission trips and giving them statistics and stuff like that like pray for them because god can take care of that yeah um and 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 i think um and the other thing is like don't stop learning 
um, like I was just just finished and and was on a a, a panel with um, you know with Beth Guckenberger and and Beth like so beautifully just reminded and said like part of the deal in this is like you have to stay a lifelong learner um, and and we like we will begin to fail when we stop um, innovating and when we stop growing um, and 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 so like. A humble spirit that's always willing to learn from you know from those that are around you is key that's good that's good what's something you're excited about right now that lifeline has on the horizon or? yeah um like we could do like three podcasts <laughs> right but um because because i love what i do and i love the people i do it with i think you know maybe perhaps the kind of the most out of the box innovative thing right now that's 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 really not much more than a murmur in the conversation is um is the the work that we're doing with um connecting churches to families who have lost or are in danger of losing their kids into foster mm-hmm. care and and so working on the family reunification side of things but 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 the church bringing the gospel to bear in those families and and, and like we're not talking about that and and and, and i'm gonna be honest with you it frustrates me mm-hmm. like that's and 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 i'm i'm i want to be patient like i wasn't talking about it either a few <laughs> years ago and like i so i'm i'm a fellow struggler but like it's like we're missing the big e on the eye chart a little bit i think yeah. in, in that you know in that realm and 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 the deal is um like if if we believe i mean right like like we'll take the name of your church, right? Like like a Mago Day. Like if we if we value that people are created in the image of God, mm-hmm. then um, and 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 we're sick of the foster care system being broken in America. Well, what's the answer to it? The answer to it is um, seeing families put back together by the power of the gospel. And and like Second Corinthians five is plain. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. The gospel has the power to transform lives. The gospel brings the power. Um, the the work of Jesus can put families back together. And maybe the reason that the state's failing in a lot of places is because we're not there. And right now we're spending all of our effort on taking care of kids and keeping them safe in the system and we should do that and we shouldn't backpedal on any of it we ought to do more mm-hmm. but but at the same time we're doing more there we should do as much in the lives of their families um, to bring restoration I you know we could take an hour and unpack what that looks like yeah. and how churches do it but we're not going to right so um, <laughs> how can I, people find out more if they're interested so lifelinechild.org is our website mm-hmm. um, my uh, my email address is really simple it's just my name so it's just rick.morton at lifelinechild.org um and all three of our listeners can email you there you go right (laughs) like like we listen so um and we'll like we have we have operators standing by so the millions (laughs) of you will get to you um but but like but but seriously this program is called families count and it and it's finding a way for the church to become a partner to the state in providing family education that is that is gospel centered biblically based and and like gives the church a role 
and and so yeah there's there's that we're we're actually doing it internationally now we were just in Romania back in November and led our first conference there we're going to be doing some more of that globally as well and so we're, we're seeing application for that both you know both in the U.S. and now mm-hmm. you know among the nations and and just think it's a really innovative way for the church to get involved I love that about Lifeline we've had several conversations about the gospel is not going to be compromised by what you guys do like you stand for something and you'll say no to grant money and you'll say no to things that are going to not allow you to freely share the yeah. gospel. And, and I think like like just you know for for those of you that are out there listening like that's that's important, mm-hmm. right? We're 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 seeing capitulation happen around us all the time and and like and I and I and I hope that doesn't come across pridefully, but I, but like my heart is grieved over seeing uh, f- friends and and seeing other ministries that are that are that are compromising and 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 biblical values are going to the mm-hmm. side and the gospel is is kind of taken out of the the target mm-hmm. and. And so, yeah, we don't take state money. We don't take federal money. We don't. We don't. We don't work for the government. We want to work alongside the government, and help, mm-hmm. um, and and be their friend. But we want to be their friend that says, like, the only thing we really have to bring to the equation is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and so, um, you know, and I appreciate that about you. I appreciate that about you know about one twenty seven and what you guys do, and and mm-hmm. your, um, you know, your heart in that. And I I, I think. Um, for those of us that still share those convictions and, and they're deep, like we really have to, like I think I said it to you yesterday, like mm-hmm. we're, like we're in the foxhole <laughs> together, right? Like we're like we're back to back in the foxhole fighting this out, and there and there are fewer and fewer of us all the time, and so uh, so we need to know each other and we need to be working with each other and we need to be sharing resources because because yeah. we don't have enough of any of that, and 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 you know and. and and I mean, the Lord will use that. He'll bless it. Right? I love it. Thanks so much for coming and uh, look forward to continuing to be in that foxhole. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. And I just pray that the Lord will continue to bless you and your ministry and uh, incredibly thankful for your friendship. You too. Check out our show notes at 127worldwide.org forward slash simply 127 podcast. And tune in next time to learn how others tangibly live out James 127 every day. Mm-hmm.